Abundance of love, abundance of grace, down to that cross, you took my place, oh God, you take my ransom, Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. The majority of these verses, if not all of them, will be on your screen. The Bible says when we come into the church that we should pay attention to the reading of the Word of God and its teaching. Is anybody ready? We're going to honor God this morning by doing what He told us to do. In Ephesians 3.20, the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, He Can Do More. Look at somebody and say, He Can. Pray with me. God, thank you for being able. God, thank you for being God all by yourself, Lord. And I ask you right now to anoint me to say the things that would honor you. God, I pray that you'd speak to us today and guide us by your spirit from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. He can do more. I've been saying this for years, and every now and then it'll just hit me, oh, this could have been one of those. I've been saying it for years. If we ever get to the place of maturity as a local church where we have more people who come in that are prayed up, praised up, worship flowing, tithe check already made out, just on fire for God. I just believe one day I'm going to read the scripture, I'm going to announce the title, and we're just going to be able to go into uh, worship, uh, prayer, repentance. You You ought to be already in your mind expanding your spiritual thoughts just under the title, he can do more. More of what? Yes. All of it. Any, any, see, we say, oh, won't God do it? Won't he do it? Won't God do it? Oh, won't he do it? But do we ever ask him to do it? Do we walk in faith that he can do it? See, and, and, and then there's a greater level of expectancy, not only... Must we believe that he can do it? We got to believe that he will do it. Because everybody in this room that knows me, I I, I can hand you a $20 bill out out, out of my pocket today. Doesn't mean I will. I can go to lunch with you today after church. Doesn't mean I will. Not only can God do these things, we got to get to the place where we believe he will do these things. And the only way you can do that is not by having some crazy relationship, schizophrenic relationship with God where you boss him around, tell him what to do, or you believe that you speak things into existence. You just say what God says. You, you, you just declare the word of the Lord and watch God respond to his written word. We're going to go through this thing this morning. I'll be a little bit teachy, so I want you to follow along in our text in verse 20. The scripture says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. 
Now, some of you wouldn't even notice if I hadn't pointed it out, but I read this before I prayed in the King James Version, and I brought this to our text here, same verse, but in a more modern translation, and I want us to go through this the way I've been telling you to read the Bible for years. You need to learn to take the Bible in smaller pieces. Don't try to read five chapters as fast as you can. Don't try to read one chapter as fast as you can. It'd be better to read, understand, and apply one verse than to read the whole Bible and apply none of it. So I want us to slow it down, read between the punctuation, stop and consider what the Word of God is saying, get it down in your spirit so you can digest it. Let's, let's, let's look. It says, now to him who is able. Somebody tell me, who is him? God. Now, here is a misnomer. Some people believe that God goes by many names, and the reason they get away with that is because it sounds good. I've been telling you for years, and it's not my job to teach you to be a good liar because God wants us to be truthful, but I, I try to help folk where they need help. If you want to tell a good lie, what have I told you for decades? The first element of a good lie must be. It's got to have some truth to it. It's got, it you just can't tell some crazy, bold-faced lie. I, I got up this morning. It was so cold outside. All my doors and windows were frozen shut. I, I, I had to take an axe and chop my way out of my roof. It wasn't that Nobody's going to believe that. It's got to have some truth in it. It's got to be believable and when you say God goes by many names the reason why that's believable is because for out from the beginning of time God Jehovah God father of the Lord Jesus Christ creator of all that there is he has revealed himself to us in multiple different names Jehovah El Shaddai Elohim he's given us these different names Jesus the Holy Spirit he's given us but what's happened in the last 40 years, and this didn't exist in America before 40 years ago, people have begun to say that one, one God operates under all these names as if the God of Islam is the same God as the God of Christianity. And I want you to know that there are different religions out there, and you got to decide. Do you want to be a Christian? Do you want to be a Muslim? Hindu? Do you want to be, uh, you want to follow Confucius? Do you just want to be a karma person? Do you just, do you want to be a non-believer? Uh, you got to make your decision, but I want you to hear plainly from me today that the Bible says that the only way to get to God the Father, the God of this book, is through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except by me. So understanding that as the basis for Christianity can someone who doesn't come to God through Jesus get to God? They're like this. They cannot. Well, what about all the good people that don't uh, accept Jesus as their Savior? Will they go to heaven? No. The only way to get to God is by faith in Jesus Christ. Colossians 3 tells us we're all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. And I hope that you put... Your, your faith in this God, because the Bible says now to him who is able. Uh, there, there are certain things. Do, do me a favor. Cut that heat off. Um, thank you. It's, 
it's hotter up here than it is down there. Trust me. I'm, I'm, I, my, my nose is so dry right now. Anybody ever get that heat in their nose to where they can't breathe? If I faint, pretend it's the Holy Ghost. I'm able to do some things. You're able to do some things. We, we all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. But God is able to do anything. The scripture says nothing is impossible with God. We've got to get to the place where we don't just quote these things, put these things on T-shirts, put these things on doormats. We've got to get to the place where we really believe what the scripture says about God. Can God do anything? Then why are you freaking out? Can God do anything? If God can do anything, what you worried about? If God is in control, what are you worried about? If, if, if God, the, the Bible says, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Listen, I, I've had to embrace that verse even when I didn't understand it because uh, I, I can promise you this. When my 36-year-old wife died and left me with a 2-year-old and a 4-year-old and, and she, was, she was, you know, the only great parent in the house, I thought, okay, the Bible says, how many things work together for good? And I just told God straight up, I ain't seeing it. Don't see it. Don't see how this can be good. Don't see how anything good can come out of this for me. Don't see how anything good can come out of this for my children. Don't see anything good. How anything good can come out of this for my family. Don't see how anything good can come out of this for the church. She was a better Christian than me. She was a better human being than me. She was a better parent. I'd see, I just couldn't see it, but here's, here's what I did. I made a choice to believe it. Y'all don't hear me. I made a choice to believe what God says even when it didn't line up with my feelings. And we got to learn to take our feelings out of stuff and just rely wholeheartedly. If God said it, that settles it. I told y'all, I love Charles Stanley. Got no problem with, 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 we don't agree on everything, but I love Charles Stanley. He had a saying that went worldwide. For years, in the 80s and 90s, his, his church would say, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. I thought, well, that's the worst phrase, that's the worst catchphrase I ever heard in my life because it's not biblical. Our belief system on it doesn't settle anything. Our belief system on it doesn't make something true or false. God said it. You can take that middle verse out, God said it, I believe it. No, not God said it, I believe it. And that's it. God said it, that settles it. God said it. That Did God say all things work together for good? Did God say rejoice in everything? Did God say to believe him in every situation? Did that heat turn off? Okay, praise the Lord. If I faint, oh, I already told you, I'll pretend it's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> we got to believe what the scripture says. And the Bible says now to him. We got to understand who him and him is God. We need to have God in the forefront of our minds. Um, and I wonder, how much time does, does God spend in your mind throughout the course of your week? How much on, on a daily basis? Just as limited that. Just between the time you wake up and noon, if you wake up by noon. But between the time you wake up and noon, how much is God on your mind? Between noon and the time you go to bed, how much is God 
on your mind. On a Monday, are you thinking about him? See, you think about him on Sunday because it's church, but I've told you for years, if you think about God more inside this building than you do outside this building, you're not well spiritually. You're malnourished spiritually. And, and we, we, we've got to get God in the forefront of our minds. It says, now unto him, unto God, the Father of Jesus Christ, who is able to, to, to do far more abundantly Beyond all that we ask or think, comma. You want to stop, pause, consider what's being said. Okay, so it's talking about the Father, Jesus Christ. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly. That word, far more. Say far more. That word, far more, in, in, the, in the King James, it says do exceeding abundantly. In the original Greek, that, that uh, phrase, far more abundantly, exceeding abundantly, it's a compound word. That means super abundantly. We, we've got we've to exalt God. Could, could you at least in 2023 get God on a higher level in your mind than Iron Man? Than Black Adam? Than, 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 than Aquaman? Well, Aquaman's nobody. Uh, than, than, what's that other guy's name? Um, yeah, him too. Can we get God higher than Black Panther? Wakanda forever? Did you watch the movie? What, they, what, what, what did they say about sharing their, their goodness with the rest of the world? I tell them, Elder. They said, we don't want, that, we don't want nobody. We, we just want us peoples here. Because if we let them in, they bring their pro- Does that sound racist and bigger than anybody but me? Take a drink. Y'all know what's in here. We've got to elevate. What? Who am I? Captain America. That's who y'all like. We, we got to get. Is God more exalted and supernatural? Is, is he greater than the superheroes, the Avengers, and the people we see in cartoons? Yeah. All of them put together. Batman versus Superman. Hey, call up Batman. I am Batman. Call, call, call all of them together. Tell Wonder Woman to put them on her invisible plane, bring her golden lasso with her, and, and, and God will still beat them all put together at one time. Amen? But we in America have such a low view of God. Oh, God. Nobody would say that. Oh, my God. No, OMG. Nobody would say that if they knew how great God was. See, we're, we're, so, we're so proud of who we are to, to the point where, now, now this only happens in certain cultures, and, and it, you know, west side of Jacksonville is one of them, that uh, sayings have been expressed to, to make sure that people respect us. And every time somebody says, oh, God, oh, my God, I, I, I think I'll get them in my mind uh, because people say stuff like, you better keep your name out my mouth. Okay, what well, well, what will Will Smith say? Keep my wife's name out your mouth. Every time somebody says, oh, my God, I think you need to keep God's name out your mouth. If, if you're going to frame your mouth that way to say it, don't, don't even say it. Now, if we, if we can tell people, uh, you better not call me outside my name. If we can tell people, keep my name out your mouth. Then, then why in the world wouldn't we have a higher view of the necessary respect that is owed to God? 
I'm going to tell you why. Because we don't think about him enough. We've got all these things we say that we believe about him. But we don't think about him enough. He's able to do far more abundantly, super abundantly. He is, he is supernatural. And the sad reality is most people who go to church never even consider the supernatural. They work things out logically in their mind. They put forth enough effort and discipline, and they decide, you know, well, I'll, I'll, I'll make it work best I can without ever realizing. We have access to a divine being who is more powerful than anything that's ever been imagined, and God can. Five people said amen. Y'all going to make me preach all day. He can. He's able to do more. Say more. That's our theme for 2023. More. Not more stuff for the purpose of materialism. More God, less us. More faith, less doubt. More joy, less anxiety. More peace, less fear. We got to learn how to get more of what God wants for us. And one of, the, one of the things that I am sure God does more. And he's able to do far more abundantly beyond all we ask or think. I want you to get this in your mind. He can, he's the one who can do more. We're the ones who have to ask and think. I'm not sure that you got that, but I need you to get it. He is the one who can do more. But we are the ones who must ask and think. Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Have you asked and thought? Did you think to ask? Did you think about it then ask? Did you ask and think about it? He is able, but we're not willing. He is able, but we don't desire. He is able, but we're not hungry. So we just feed ourselves on the, on, on the food of the world. See, here's the thing. Even if you've truly been saved, even if you've truly been brought out from the old you into the new you, we have that picture in the Old Testament. The Bible says these things are, are, are written down for our example so we can learn from them. The story of the people leaving Egypt that were oppressed, that were slaves, God's people left the, the, the horrible oppression of slavery in Egypt, and they went out to sacrifice to God. Even though they, they knew what it was like to be, in, 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 uh, to be oppressed. Remember what they said after they'd been on their journey for a while? And, and here God is, supernatural, divine, miraculous, leading them. Uh, a cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night, feeding them from heaven with, 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 with that food they call what? Which means, what is it? Look up the word manna. If you didn't know, you came to church and learned something today. What, what's it? That's what manna means. What's it? What, or more literally, what is it? They didn't know what it was, so they called it manna. What, 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 it, what is, but God's doing all this stuff for them. How good do you think food from heaven would taste? I don't even remember what the name of that restaurant was. It was originally on Wells Road. It's before I first got addicted to those buns that they serve at the Copper River restaurant we go to in Greenville. They, they got these flaky croissants, and they cover it with some type of super sugared up honey. Uh, is it honey? I don't know what it is, but oh my. And it's just, you don't, even, you don't even chew it. 
I mean, you just put it in your mouth, and it just dissolves all. And, and every time I eat it, I'm thinking, I don't know. I'm not sure. I know God likes honey. And I know I like this flaky croissant with honey on it. This might be manna. But whatever it was, can we agree that if it came from heaven, it didn't have additives, preservatives, it, 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 was, it wasn't ge- genetically modified, it was gluten-free. I mean, all those little catchphrases people want to put on it. Do you think it was good? What God has for us is good. But after getting it for a while. See, because even when you're following God, how many of y'all have learned yet everything don't work out? For us, on our agenda, on our plan, um, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But we got to be like Jesus and say, not what I want, God, but what you want. After, after walking with God, they following God, eating the manna, being led by divine miracles, they sat back and they started talking to each other. They were like, yeah, it was tough back there in Egypt. You know, being a slave was no fun, but mm, that garlic. Oh, that food we had in Egypt? Oh, oh, good. They began to glamorize the world. And the devil will allow you to start thinking, man, when I didn't go to church 21 nights in a row, I had more free time. Yeah, but how glorious was it? You start seeing things of your past as good and you start seeing the things that God wants for you as less than they are, you're looking the wrong way. He can, but the, we, we got to understand God's able. I think we get that. But he does far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. Somebody tell us, why don't, why don't we see more from God? Why don't we see more miracles? Why don't we see more divinity? Why, why, why don't we see more power? Why, why don't we see more faith? Why don't, why don't we see change in our community the way people used to see change? Why isn't God sweeping through supernaturally in the west side of Jacksonville like he's doing all over the continent of Africa right now in, in signs, wonders, and miracles? And I'm not talking about fake stuff. Listen. You believe what you want to believe. One of the cool things I love about Abundant Life is you don't have to believe exactly the same way I believe to come here, to serve here, to be on staff here. As long as you believe Jesus is the only way to heaven, you can have your own theories. You can be the biggest Benny Hinn fan on, on the planet and, and, and be on staff here. Me personally, not so much. I'm not mad at it, but his, his number one selling book, uh, Good Morning Holy Spirit, has had four rewrites because he kept messing up. Uh, every one of his rewrites, look it up, Listed a different time and and situations leading up to his salvation. Now, if I ask you how you get saved, and today you tell me one way, then three months from now you tell me a different way, then six months from now you tell me a different way, then a year from now, you got to keep rewriting that? That's just me. But when Gail was sick, uh, she, she wanted, and Benny Hinn was in Jacksonville, she said, would you take me? To, to, to let Pastor Hen pray for me? I said, absolutely, let's, let's, let's go. We made our plans, we went. When it came time to go stand in the prayer line, we got up, stood in the prayer line. Now, when you see a woman who is completely hairless, frail, 
75 pounds of weak, cancer-riddled body. Pretty obvious that anybody, anybody ever seen anybody who was deep in the end stages of cancer? It's pretty obvious to know they're not feeling well, yeah? So we're up there. We're standing in this line. They send the advance team out. I get that. Everybody's not going to be able to get up on stage. There's thousands of people there. But here's what I saw. I saw how they treated my wife and how they treated everybody else. And it, it was very obvious. Everybody, because they were going by and say, hi, we're the advance team. Uh, my name is so-and-so. Tell us what you're coming for today. And all the people are like, oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Every one of them. Pulled, they didn't even pray for it. They just pulled them out of line right then. Put them on stage. Because when somebody is already in that, they're going to fall down. Makes good TV. My 75-pound, almost, almost in the grave wife said, I have stage 4 metastatic colon cancer, began in my colon. It's already metastasized to my liver, both lungs, and my brain. And the doctors have given up on me and sent me home to die. They said, well, let's pray for you. Dear God, please heal our sister in Jesus' name. Amen. You can return to your seat now. I said, now, if you had act like an overhyped up, emotionalized person up there, you might have got up on stage. But it wouldn't have been in what Pastor Hen can do for you. And if you get anything from God today, it's not going to be on what Pastor Scott can do for you. People begin to look to institutions and human beings to get things from them, and it doesn't matter. See, I believe in signs and wonders and miracles. I believe in healing. I believe there are healers on this planet. I believe in the anointing of oil laying hands on the sick that they might recover. I believe in the transference of spirits. I believe in being slain in the Holy Ghost. I believe in speaking in tongues and divine utterance. I believe in a prayer language. But, but what I don't believe in is that we should look to man for anything. We should look to God for everything. If something good happens, it's God. The Bible says God, every good and every perfect thing comes from God. We could have, hear me good, better stuff, a better life, more soundness of mind. God promises us soundness of mind, and we live in a generation whose mind is shot out. It's available. It's there. I was sharing with the staff and the deacons this morning when we circled up to pray before church, I, I use this illustration. I wasn't planning on using it again, but I'll use it again. We don't ask, we don't go to the right place to get the right stuff. And my example was if Rick was bleeding out uh, in the floor and there was a blood bank across the street and we called them and they said, we don't, we're understaffed, we can't bring it to you, but if someone comes in and, and gives us their name and his name, we'll give you all the blood you need. And we look at Charity and say, hey, they got the blood over there. You want to go get it? She says, well, no, that's a long walk. Maybe we just leave it. We just leave it. You know, maybe, it might work out on its own. Maybe he'll just, you know, all his blood will regen. Uh, I don't really want to go give, tell him. Uh, that's just, and, this, and that's ridiculous that this man's wife would say the blood is over there. But I know where the blood is. They said they'll give it to me if I ask for it. But I, I don't want to go through the process. You think nobody would do like that? We do like that with God all the time. God says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace where we, we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We get into our time of need and we try to fix everything on our own. We get in our time of need and we try to ask human beings and institutions to fix stuff for us. We get in our time of need and we start looking at every corner for our help. 
But the Bible says our help comes from the Lord. Oh, see, if you'd have got that, I'd have quit preaching. If you would have got that, I'd have stopped right there and we'd have went home. Our help comes from the Lord. When the psalmist said, I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help, my help comes from the Lord. He said, we, we get that wrong. He didn't say literally, I look to the hills for my help. He asked, if, if you read that in the original language, if you study it out, it's more of a question. Do you expect me to look to the hills? Where do you think my help comes from? Because they believed in the God of the mountains. They believed, the people in that day believed that the strongest God was the God of the mountains or the hills. And so David's like, you think I'm looking to these hills for my help? Where do you think my help comes from? My help comes from God. So I'm going to ask you a question right now, and we'll just see. You don't have to participate. You can sit there and act mad all you want to. When you need help, who's the best person to get it from, people or God? Churches or God? Family or God? Your own brain or God? We've got to understand, we need a higher view of God. God needs to be exalted in the mind of his children. How many of y'all know if you live in a good house um, and you hear daddy's car pull up in the driveway... The whole atmosphere changes. Yeah? No? You just keep acting crazy and you hear dad pulling up? Especially if dad's left you an entire book full of instruction on what you should be doing and you're not doing it. Guess what? People jump up, act busy like they're doing it. But we've gotten so common with God. We've gotten so comfortable with just, you know, I'll, I'll give God 50 cents a month. I'll give... God, one, one day of church a year. We, we've got so common with God, we've lost our high view of him. That's why churches want to be in warehouses today and not churches. There's a whole teaching behind that. I don't have time to get into it. There's, there's a whole group of people out there growing mega churches, writing books, doing conferences, saying the first thing you want to do, you want to get a building that doesn't look like church at all. Who knew? I want, I want the building to look like church. I, want the pe- I don't want the people wondering, what are they doing up in there, cutting up chickens? What are they doing in there? They, they playing bingo? No, they are preaching the unadulterated, unashamed, perfect, infallible gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the only means for salvation. Oh, he can do so much more. Then we ask or think. Here's my punchline. Don't miss it. If you're not asking and thinking, stop expecting. I told the men so many times in our men's group. We go around. We talk it out. We take some prayer requests, and I tell them all, don't you dare be so lazy that you're going to ask us to pray for something that you ain't even praying about. And if you want us to pray for you about something, you better pray for one of us about something. Fair is fair, isn't it? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. And we, but we've got so many people sending in prayer requests. Dial up now. Call the 1-800 line and send us your prayer requests. We got people thinking they're going to get extra juice with God because they 
They credit card $10 and a prayer request to some stranger. Listen, save the stranger, save dealing with the stranger on TV. Save, save, save calling up your, your five friends. Save sending the money to some false preacher and just talk to God. I promise you there are people that want others to pray for stuff that they're not willing to pray for. God can do it, but we got to be the ones that ask and think. I believe one of the big reasons we don't see more miracles, why we don't see more of God's activity in our life, number one, we're not looking for it. We just, we just get up on Monday and go to work so we can get up on Tuesday and go to work so we can get up on Wednesday and go to work. Uh, another reason, God said in James 4, 2, listen to this scripture. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. I don't know why. I mean, it's just the mind. Uh, everybody's mind works different. Mine, mine definitely works different. Probably nobody else thinks of one specific event when they read, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. I don't know how many of y'all remember. See, I, I got a whole closet full of Jordans. I don't know how many of y'all remember back, back in, in the 90s where teenagers in this country were killing people to get the shoes off their feet. And Michael Jordan came under attack by his own community saying, look, you need to reprice them shoes or you need to make more of them or you need to do something to where we're not out here killing. But every time I read that, I think Jordan and his shoes. And it's not all there is to it, but it, it made a point to me. You want what you don't have. And there's so many, you're so busy wanting what you don't have, you stop thanking God for what you do have. Now, may, maybe everything's not perfect for you. Here's a newsflash. Everything's not perfect for anybody. Maybe you're going through struggle, strain, and adversity. Here's a newsflash. Everybody goes through struggle, strain, and adversity. Maybe your story uh, is, is bad and hard. But the reality is we're all going through this process together and there are people that want what they don't have and are willing to do anything to get it he said you're jealous of what others have comma <laughs> stop and think about that why how could you be jealous of what another person has if you're obeying god who told you to be content with what you have well it's just not fair it's just not fair my cousin they she don't even love the lord but everything she does turns up Dollar signs, dollar signs, dollar signs. I'm out here struggling, paying my bills, tithing, and non-content. You're jealous of what other people have. But you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Then listen to this last verse. God said, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Now, in the King James, it says it a little bit more. Anybody remember what it says? You have, you have not because you ask not. Stop being mad at what you don't have if you're not on your knees five hours a day praying for it. Well, I just wish God had saved my children. Are you praying for it? Well, I prayed about it twice. Keep praying. The Bible says keep on asking and you shall receive. We have not. Because we ask not. I want to I want to encourage you right now in January of 2023. Don't get to heaven light-handed because you forgot to ask for it. 
Don't go through life without because you forgot to ask for it. Don't sit back and wish for more, but not ask the one who's able to do far more what you're asking for. I wonder what you're not asking God for. If you're not praying every day for God to save the people that you care about, do you think you should change that? Why are you always acting like we got we to gotta really serve God? It's a blessing to serve God. He can do more for us, but we got to trust him. I don't want to be in that have not because you ask not crowd. Now, look, look, put verse 20 back on the screen for me. Now, him is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. Look at that last phrase here. You got to take the Bible in bite-sized pieces. You got to read between the punctuation. You got to be able to get it down on the inside and digest it. This last phrase says, according to the power that works within us. Now, if this was Wednesday night Bible study, I'd, a- I'd ask, what, what, what is the power that works in us? It's Sunday morning, but I'll ask anyway. When it says according to the power that works when, uh, within us, what is that power? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. If you were to read this verse in the original language that it was written in, if you read this verse in Greek, that word power is the Greek word dunamis from where we get our word for, guess what? Dynamite. It's an explosive power. It's a shocking power. It's a, oh, wow, power. It's a, did you hear that power? It's a, did you see that? Look at what that caused. It is real power. Say power. Now, God says he's going to do more than we could ever ask or think through the power of the Holy Spirit. He didn't say through the power of your determination. He didn't say through the power of your declaration. He didn't say through the power of your confession. He didn't say any of that. He said he'll do all these things through the power of his Holy Spirit. Where are you at on the Holy Spirit? Do you believe there's a Holy Spirit? Do you believe the Holy Spirit lives inside you? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you hungry for more of this power that God said is inside us? Now, the most famous verse for this Greek word dunamis, the the most famous verse for where this word power, dynamite, explosive, unbelievable. Listen, then in that day, that was the most explosive power they had. They didn't have atom bombs and nuclear bombs and kabooms. They didn't have uh, Moab, the mother of all bombs. They had uh, this explosive power, and it was the biggest power they can think of. And God's spirit is the biggest power known to mankind. And the most famous verse that this word power is used is in Acts 1.8. It says, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You shall receive what? Power. Dynamic, explosive, dynamite. Big, big, big. Once again, we need to elevate our view of God. We need to elevate our view of what God can do. We need to lower our view of each other. We need to lower our view of the preacher. We need to lower our view of the institution of the church. We need to lower our view of politics. We need to lower our view of what friends and family can do for us. And we need to exalt our view about God. He said, you shall receive power, big, noticeable power, 
after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, if you ask random Christians around the world, what is the sign that you've received power from the Holy Ghost, the biggest answer you would get is what? Speaking in tongues. There are churches that have stenciled on their wall. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost uh, with the evidence of speaking in tongues as, as is written in Acts 1-8 and Acts 2. And, and they, that people just, dr- just dull it all down to this talking about tongues when the reality is you can look at baptism in the Holy Ghost, being filled with the Holy Ghost, and you'll find many times it says they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake in tongues. Many times you'll see they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they preached the Word of God with boldness. And I want you to look at this first mention of this power. And it says, after you receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll speak in more tongues than Carter's got liver pills. Oh, no, that's not what it says. You'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you'll confess bigger houses and bigger cars. It's not what it says. You'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and and your life will get magically better, and you'll have a a, a perma smile glued to it. That's not what it says. It says that when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you'll be witnesses. You want to know how spiritual you are? How much do you share your faith? Being filled with the Holy Ghost is, is not, the, the only evidence is not, uh, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1977 with the evidence of speaking in tongues. God filled me with the Holy Spirit in 1986. Listen, I fill my gas, I fill my car up with gas constantly. If you drive, you do too. You can't live off one filling. If you read the scripture that says be filled with the Holy Spirit, literally it says be being filled consistently, topping off the tank, topping off the tank. That's why some of us love to come to church on Wednesday night. Just a little top off. Just, 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 just come get a little bit of little extra gas for the fire. Just a little faith builder. Just want to be around God and God's people a little bit more. But if you really want to know how spiritual you are, if you really want to see if, if God is working in you in power, how much do you share your faith? See, Acts 1.8 was fulfilled in Acts 4.33. Listen to what that verse says. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. You, 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 want, you want to be more powerful in God? You want more of God's power in you? You want to be more spiritual? You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? you got to start sharing your faith. That's the evidence of it. Our last verse in our text, verse 21, says, To him be glory in the church and in Jesus, Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's look at it and we'll get out of here. To him be glory. Now, I capitalized that H. Some, some translations do it automatically and some don't. They all should. But who is the him that the glory should go to? God. To God be the glory. How much time do you spend this week glorifying God? Now, to be able to answer that properly, you have to be able to define for me what it means to glorify God. 
If, if, I, if I told, uh, I, I don't see Elder Jimmy. He must be around doing something else. If I told Deacon Dixon, wave at everybody, Deacon Dixon. If I told Deacon Dixon, you put your hand. If I told Deacon Dixon to hold up your hand that has uh, the watch on your wrist, do, do that for me. All right, keep your hand held up. All right, so you see he can follow instruction, yeah? All right, now put your hand down. Now, say amen. Now, while you're sitting, don't stand up. Do it seated. Uh, show everybody how to shalabingalama. Go ahead. Now, are you confident that you did what I just asked you to do? Think you might have done it wrong? Might have done it wrong. See, if you don't know exactly what something is, you got very little chance of doing it right. He can't shalalama binga because he don't know what it is. He took a shot. He tried his best. That's the way most people fake their way through church. They don't really know what it means to praise the Lord. They don't really understand worship. They certainly don't know what it means to give God the glory. But it's one of the most used words in all of church. Glory, 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 glory. It's one of the most, what does it literally mean? He tells us that the glory goes to God in the church. Well, what is glory? The, the, the most, the smallest definition that theologians have come up with for this word glory is this one word, weight. Not weight like, uh, don't, don't move forward, but weight. Uh, like uh, how, the, how much you weigh, weight, like a, a unit of measure, how heavy something is. And when you give God glory, you, hear me good, you add weight to his claim. You add weight to his claim. Oh, y'all should have been writing that down. Y'all, y'all need to put that in your mind. If you are going to do what God says, listen, if you want what God has for you, you got to do what he says to get it. And if you want what God has for you, you got to give him all the glory. Now, how, how do you, you add weight to his claim. We are designed by God. One passage calls us his ambassadors. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible says we are God's ambassadors. We go out and we represent him. Do you know what the ambassador does? Now, y'all know my oldest son, many of you know, is a Marine Corps embassy guard. And in, Marines that have this special qualification, they guard embassies and U.S. consulates around the world. And at those embassies, there lives somebody with the title of, anybody know? Ambassador. So Jake was stationed in uh, Liberia, uh, not Liberia, uh, Lagos, Nigeria, thank you, son, Uh, Nigeria, and there was an ambassador there. And that ambassador's job was to represent the United States and the President of the United States very well. To add weight to the claims of America that we are a free and a decent people. So she had to go around living living decent. If she lived crazy and whack, uh, is she adding weight to the claims of America? No, she's making America look bad. And every one of us who claim the name of Christ, we represent God everywhere we go. Whether you want to represent him or not, you do. And the reality is you either represent him well 
or you represent him poorly. And here, here's, here's the defining moment. Are you making your own claims and thoughts about God? Or are you just adding your voice to strengthen and add weight to his case? I, I wrote down out of the Greek dictionary, and I even left it uh, uh, as a note for the guys to put on the screen. This word, glory, comes from a Greek word, doxa, where we get our song. Anybody know? Now, if you've ever been in a, in a real liturgical church, we, you sang the, the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above you, heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's the doxa. That's, that's the, the glory. But it means weight. And this, this, this is the extended definition in the Greek dictionary for this word glory. It's an opinion, a judgment, a view, an estimate, whether good or bad, concerning someone. When you give God glory... You give him your opinion about him. You give him a, a viewpoint, your estimation of whether he's good or bad. You give your view, your estimation, your opinion of whether he's great and holy or whether he's just me. Now, do you believe the average church-going Christian walks around with a doxa of God, an opinion of God, uh, an estimate of God that is anywhere near as great as it should be? We don't. But we got to exalt our view. We got to exalt our view, and we got to remind ourselves constantly: great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. Our God is higher. Our God is greater than anything. We, we've, we've got to get a higher view, not for ourselves. See, this is the current false teaching going on in large churches around the world that you press into God because God's going to bless you. You hear how self-serving that is? No, you give God glory because he deserves it and he's worthy of it and nobody else should be able to touch it. Nobody should have the opinion in your mind that God holds. Nobody should have the place in your mind that God holds. This is what's wrong with church in America right now. We taught people how to build up the pastor in the church in their mind, but we haven't taught them how to build up God in their mind. So every time a pastor shows himself human and gets caught doing something, everybody wants to quit God. How could you quit God if you had a right understanding of who God is? How could you quit God if you knew what God had done for you? How could you quit God if you knew that he was the only true and the living God. We got we to gotta get this. We got to have a right opinion about God. We got we to add weight to his claim. See, what this is in modern day speech, I thought, well, I know Stacy Ramos is here. Um, Stacy and Hugo, uh, y'all been in some courtroom settings around some criminals before, right? They spent their entire lifetime in uh, law enforcement. And uh, Stacy uh, spent a lot of time as a bailiff, yeah? You've been, you've been a bailiff in more than one court setting? Um, it's unusual, right? You, you expect that guy to, to, to be a, a, a big, burly cop guy, uh, not, 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 not this woman. Uh, don't mess with her, though. She'll put you on your back. Um, <laughs> she trained. Um, but so you've seen these court settings play out, and I've been asked many times as a pastor by our uh, convicted or arrested, not convicted yet, but uh, arrested, waiting on trial church members, 
to come and be some type of witness. Now, I want to see if anybody knows the word we put in front of that. What type of witness? Character witness. Thank you. A character. Now, if you get arrested, and I've had to tell some people. Well, it was only a parent of, a, of, of, of an adult child one time. They're like, could you come and speak on my son's behalf at the arraignment on Tuesday? I said, what you want me to say? Just say good things about him. You know, be a character witness. Or you want me to come and add weight to his claim that he's a good dude. You want me to dox to this person. You want me to give glory to this person. Well, the Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. But, but all I knew about this dude was that he was scandalous, drug addicted, stole mama's TV, wasn't allowed inside the house. You want me to characterize? You want me to add my voice to that and, 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 and increase his claim of who, how good he says he is? How many of y'all know I did not show up? Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. No. I'm not going to put the weight of my character behind bad character. But what we've been commanded to do is to add weight to God. Everywhere you go, you ought to be adding weight to God's claim. God said he's good. Your lifestyle ought to show that. You ought to be, people ought to be able to look at you. You don't have to walk around, so good, so good, yeah. But you, you ought to be able, uh, people ought to be able to look at you and say, man, whatever they're doing, it's working. See, if God's not working in our life, it's not God's fault, it's our fault. And if the blessing of the Lord is not overtaking you, it's not God's fault. It's our fault. If somebody's doing something wrong, it's not God. It's us. He said he wants to open up heaven over you and pour out a blessing on your soul being. You can't even receive it. But you got to be positioned under the spout where the glory comes out to get that. Now, your life ought to be so blessed that other people look at their head, look at you and scratch their head. And then that, that's, where, that's where we come up with that half Christian, half, half uh, ghetto, half abundant life. That's three halves. Where, where, where people say, wasn't you, didn't you, wasn't that you who was going th- But God. We just want to take two words out of a whole, but God. You ought to have a but God mindset. Uh, we, we don't even have to finish songs. We can just put, but I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful ship. No, but God. I, I almost gave up, but God. You better get a but God mindset. You better get a God is able mindset. You better get a God, God glorified. You better be adding weight to God's God. What does God say about himself? He's the only real God. Does your life testify that? You co-signing on that for God? You standing up in front of the court of public opinion every minute of every day in your life co-signing that God of the Bible is the only true God? He said he's worthy. Does your life co-sign that? He said to obey him is better than to sacrifice. We're going to pass a bucket in a minute. Can't get a whole lot of co-sign right there. Well, I give in other ways. You'd be poor your whole life. The root word of miserable is miser. And you can't be blessed with a tight fist. <laughs>
God said, freely you receive, freely ought you to give. God said he blesses and gives seed to the giver. But we've got to learn how to get our opinion up. I, I wish I had the ability just to see into you and, and, and see how high you think of God. But I know this. As a whole, churches and Christians don't see God high enough. 70,000 people. I know y'all been waiting. Some of y'all, some of y'all Jaguar fans, y'all just been waiting. 70,000 people sat in the cold last night to see a football game. How many churches in Jacksonville today going to have 70,000 people sitting in them? Now, it's hot in here to me. Um, but some people are cold in here right now. Uh, these seats... God has miraculously kept them. They're, they're like the Hebrew boys who got thrown in the fire and their clothes didn't even smell like... These seats are over 20 years old and many of them still look brand new because God kept them. And whatever your theory of these seats are, these seats are more comfortable than them cold stadium seats with, with, with you know, you're sitting like this. Let me tell you what, they don't make seats anywhere for men. How many men on the planet you think want to sit like this for three hours? They sure don't make airplane seats for men. I remember one time me and Deacon West, wave at everybody, Deacon West. Me and Deacon West were flying on a plane together. I always knew he was big. I knew he was strong, broad-shouldered. See, that's why Nixon loves him. Big, strong, broad-shouldered, bald-headed Christian man. Dark chocolate, man. I knew he had broad shoulders. Why? Because me and Deegan West have probably played 100 games of two-on-two basketball throughout the... Y'all been here 10, 15, 20 years, somewhere in that that range? Huh? 16 years. Over 16 years, we've played at least 100 two-on-two basketball games against anybody. I remember every single time that we lost. Anybody want to take a guess at, at how many times we lost in basketball to And I'm talking about to some bowlers. hundred times. How many, how many times y'all think we lost? None. Ever. Ain't that right, Diggy? We just grind them up. You're like, Pastor, I didn't know you could play basketball. I can't. He can't. That'd be, hey, if you don't know, Ethan said this about you the other day. He's like, man, he's just so strong. Because Ethan and, and Deacon played basketball in the same spot. He's like, just, nobody, nobody, if, if he wants to get to a spot, nobody can stop him. He's just, I always knew he was big and strong because all I've been doing for, you know, 16 years is lobbing him the ball and watching him score on people. I can do that. You say, oh, so you bring the ball out? No, he brings the ball out. He throws the ball to me. He goes gets where he wants to be, and I give it back to him. And then I'm just like, we win, and you lose. Yes, like that. I said, I already knew he was big and strong, broad-backed. If you ever play basketball against him, you're going to understand. Hey, listen, all these kids growing up thinking one day they're going to be bigger and stronger than their dad, don't ever think that way. You know, that's, that's just not, I mean, that's never going to happen. Yeah. 
I always knew he was big, strong, and wide back. But when we got in that plane, I don't know if you ever had to fly with him. But he's in all of his seat and half of your seat. Yes? Am I right? I'm like, look here. Big neck. Because back then, I mean, he's lost so much weight. Back then, he was like 260, 265. Oh, I mean, built like the thing, just wide. I'm like, hey, look, I know you're big and strong, but, you know, I'm 220 pounds over here. You better get out of half my seat. We ain't going to be able to make it flying in the little, little tiny, not, not, not built for us planes. Uh, my estimation of plane seating, stadium seating, is bad. Do you know you have an estimation about almost everything in life? How, how, how many people like chocolate ice cream uh, more than vanilla? How many people like vanilla ice cream more than chocolate? How many people know strawberries the only thing worth eating if it's an ice cream? Those are your geniuses. High, high, high thinkers. We have different thoughts about different things, but we got to get a higher view about God. We got to get a higher opinion about God. And I, I, I wonder, what is your opinion? See, if you ask me, what's my opinion about Henry West's ability to back somebody down on a basketball court, I got a high, very high opinion of that. I'm a witness to it. I'm a believer. I have won because of it. You ought to be able to say you're a witness to something that God has done. You ought to be able to say you're a believer in God, and you ought to be able to say, I have won in my lifetime because of God. He's made me better than I am. This is this high view. We come in with this. Nah, church was okay. You missed the whole point. God showed up. Well, I didn't feel him. That's on you. He already made a promise when we gathered together in his name. He's here in a tangible corporate anointing. And I want you to know God is here. And not only is God is here, but he's able. And we got to learn how to live lives that say, I believe in him, and all his claims are true. Now, what, what, if, what if God says study your Bible and you don't study your Bible? Are you, are you giving your cosign to that? Are you, making, are you adding weight to his claim? That would be like me standing up for that boy saying, well, Your Honor, the uh, boy's mother asked me to be a character reference for him. All I really know about him is he's a drug addict. They would have begged me to stop talking. And do you know the life of the average Christian is just that derogatory toward how great God is? We got to learn how to give God glory. We got to get an opinion of Him that says, man, I, 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 God's better than everything. And God's all I want. It says, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever. One last verse, Psalm 29.2 says, Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Semicolon. Stop on punctuation. Reread it. Think about it. You say, well, that's going to take me a long time. Good. Better, better time spent in the word. Give unto the Lord the glory. 
All right? Let me ask you this. Just based on this verse alone, do you believe it's possible for a human being to give God glory? Do you believe God has commanded us to give Him glory? You ought to make that your life's purpose. You ought to make that your life's purpose. Maybe you want to start a business one day. Maybe you want to own a house one day. Maybe you want to get married one day. Maybe you want to get a new car one day. Maybe you just want to smile one day. Whatever it is that you want, you need to be able to say, but beyond all that, and your lifestyle needs to represent beyond everything, I'm here to give glory to God. See, I think if I asked you privately, do you co-sign on everything God says? You would say yes. Do you agree with everything that God says in the Bible? Is God real? Did Jesus die, get buried, and resurrected on the third day? I mean, we, we, we ought to live lives that say, I'm co-signed on all that. If God said it, that settles it. And, and we've got to get a higher view of God so we can represent him better, so we can give him the glory. Listen, do his name we're not giving him anything extra some of y'all have such a high opinion of your children and that just blows me back the doctors told Gail and I we weren't able to have children we, 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 we didn't have children for years and years and they, they, they said that she probably couldn't have children um, but based on some, some gestational period stuff and so I was 38 years old before I had my first child Everybody else I knew already had kids. And so I got to sit back and look as a single person at my peers that had all these kids. And you know what I figured out quickly? People overvalue their children. I used to sit back never having had kids of my own and listen to these parents and grandparents talk about how brilliant. You're talking about your cross-eyed and can't walk straight without falling down, kid? You think they're a prodigy of what? I mean, you gear up for the Special Olympics because that's, that's the only medal you're ever going to have. <laughs> Pastor, you do it too. Oh, look at, look at what, look at what my, my child drew for me. What is it? That's, that's us. That's our family. You got 13 purple people in your family? My child is an amazing artist. Just overvalue, just act like, you know, they, they, they're all that in a bag of chips. Well, what about God? Oh, yeah, God. Praise his name. That's not doxa. That's not glory. That's not shouting it from the mountaintops. That's not even close to giving him the glory that's due his name. Now, see, if you go to whatever place you go to for lunch today, if you go eat lunch somewhere, where, wherever you go, they are going to ask you to pay, listen, what is due. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to reach in your pocket, and you're going to give them exactly what is due. Why are you so willing to give McDonald's what is due for some food, but you're not willing to give God what is due for all that he's done for us. Here's the reason we don't. Because most people are down on God. 
I'm talking about people in this room. You, you, don't, you don't sit around floating on cloud nine, remembering, he has made me glad, he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. No, you're sitting there thinking, I'm going to pay these bills. Oh, if these children don't stop driving me crazy, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just move to Ecuador and never be heard from again. You cannot give God what is due if you're wrapped up in your bitterness and your pity party. If you're not entering into his gates with thanksgiving, if you're not entering into his courts with praise, you can't give him the glory that's due his name. How is your prayer life? How is your praise life? How is your worship? How is your living? How is your giving? Does it look like it's adding claim to God? has great love for you because here's what God wants God wants us to go out and shine for him in such a way that people will say I want what she's got I want what he's got that's working for him I need some of that when the average person the majority reason why people don't come to church is because they went to church they didn't like what they saw or they felt like everybody there was hypocrites if they could see one person Legit. Just loving God bigger and better than everything else. Giving God glory all the time. How? Adding weight to his claim. God said he's good. God is good. God said he can save, heal, and deliver. I got to go tell people God can save, heal, and deliver. God said it's his desire to bless you. I got to live a blessed life. If it's God's desire to bless me and I ain't blessed, something's wrong. How can I stand up and add any weight to that if I'm not living anything? We got to get our mind right about who God is and how much glory is due his name. And I'm going to close by asking you this. I was going to have a big altar call. I'm not going to do it, but I am going to ask you this. Do you believe in your own personal life, not everybody else, not the preacher, not the people, Do you believe in your life that God deserves more glory? I'm going to give you a country ghettoism. You ready? This is worth writing down. Because you just said you believe God is worthy of more glory. If we're going to give him what's due, it's a lot. Here it is. You ready? Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Do you understand me? You talk to these white people over here. The only thing rationally, reasonably, logically left to do based on all the presuppositions that I've made concerning the, the revived text of the algorithms that we've participated in together in our learning process today is to actually, and in fact, heretofore, give God more glory. It's just easier to say ain't nothing to it but to do it. Pray with me. God, help us to love you more. God, I pray that you'd help us to honor you. And I pray, Lord, that our very lives would add weight to your claim that you are God alone. I pray that our very lives would add weight to your claim that you save and love and bless your children. God, I pray that you'd save every person in this room that's unsaved. 
I pray that you would fill every saved person with your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at AOCFnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to AOCFnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.